0: Hi, I'm Rafael S.R., and you're listening to the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. We've got a great race to, well, not great, great race, but we've got a race to break down this week. We've got a new Connery X, um, some other big racing news, and previewing the racing at Sonoma, another road course. So a lot to unpack on this week's episode of the Quick Pit Podcast, so let's get right into it. Coke 600 this past weekend, Memorial Day. Um, longest race in the NASCAR schedule, 400 laps around the mile and a half Charlotte Motor Speedway. Let's kick it off with the top 10. Conner. You want to start it? Sure. I'll take that. Yeah.
1: Coming in tenth is the four car Kevin Harvick. Uh, another top ten for that car, that team, and they're just going to continue. Uh, they'll probably continue just getting these consistent top tens.
0: Yep. And in ninth place, we have Tyler Reddick. Already his eighth top ten of the year, uh, which is just one shy of his his uh career high which was his rookie season last year of nine so he's going to blow that out of the water we're not even halfway through the schedule and he's already um one shy of his record barring anything catastrophic or catastrophic collapse this is going to be a very good sophomore season for reddick
1: yes coming in eighth is a 17 car of chris busher another great run for this team as um they've really been strong this year and um they're well in the playoffs as of now and hopefully they can continue it and uh, make the playoffs this year.
0: Yep. Already is fourth top 10 already halfway to his total from last year in seventh place, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin has always been around this season. He has 11 top tens so far this year already, which is really, really good given that we're 15 races into the year. Yeah. About oh, right, that, right? 15. Um, so, so another good run for him. Not as much speed as he's shown before. The the Chevys were really the class of the field. Um, this past race, as shown by only having um, by having six Chevys uh, in the top ten, and then two Fords and two Toyotas. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great run or good good run for Hamlin, um, but he really wasn't a factor. Just. Because it's, <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Just consistent. Yeah, um, I wish I could have had time to mute myself, but um, good, consistent run for him.
1: Yeah, now getting off this Chevy Chevy run here, coming in six with a three car of Austin Dillon. RCR was really strong this, uh, this weekend. Of course, HMS was even stronger, but um, um, that team came to play and Austin Dillon gets a well will need a top 10 for that team as they're trying to put some distance in between them and the cutoff line in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. What's worth noting there is that they're in 11th in, in points um, and 14th in uh, playoff standings, um, which is quite impressive. Also, Michael McDowell is still in the top. I just, I thought he had fallen out at this point, but he's still in the top 16. Um, fifth place, Alex Bowman. Um, uh, he didn't really have uh, – Connor. I think you would agree with me on this. He didn't really have winning speed, but he was very close, and he was up there mixing it up all night long.
1: Yeah, he didn't have winning speed, but um, – and, like, Alex Bowman, after, after the race event said a top five to them felt like a win um, as their car, I guess, was not good. Um, but if anyone made a mistake there, he, would, he was there to pounce. So uh, just not another good run for that team.
0: Yeah. And in fourth place, William Byron, the second of four Hendrick cars in the top five. Um, He led for a little bit. He actually was able to drive up and take the lead away from Kyle Larson in the third stage. However, um, the green flag pit cycle in that stage, uh, he was slow and he never caught back up to Larson. So I think it would be a whole different race if if, um, Byron had had an equal pit stop uh, on that sequence because he lost a good three seconds just coming in and out. Uh, and I think uh, he could have, if he had been up there, he could have been able to compete for the win.
1: Yeah, I think Byron might have been the second-best car on the racetrack behind Kyle Larson at some points, but just seemed to fall off at other points. So um, he was really fast here and there, and it was just there, here. Like, So he had a fast race car at some points, and if he had a fast race car at the end, I feel like he could have stole a win from uh, the race winner Kyle Larson but coming in third hold is on hold on hold on. Time.
0: one more thing on the, on Byron um that top five sets a career high for top fives in the season with him with six beating his previous best total of five in 2019 so he's once again less than halfway through the season and he's already breaking career highs so he he's on track for a monster year compared to his previous seasons
1: yes so coming in third is the 18 car Kyle Bush. The only one that seemed like he could get in there and mix up with the Hendrick Motorsports cars is they were phenomenal, but a uh, good run for Kyle Busch. He wasn't the fastest car, but uh, was there all, all all day long and um, it just was annoying that he was there because he kind of messed up the one, two, three, four for HMS I was looking for, but uh, it is what it is and just another another solid run by a championship driver in Kyle Busch.
0: Yeah. He is the only one who had any little bit of a something for the Hendrick cars, um, and and he yeah he him and him and Byron and Bowman were were battling pretty hard there at the end. Elliott, pretty hard there at the end, last fifty laps or so after the final pit sequence. So uh, good run for Bush, and in second place, Chase Elliott, uh, last week's winner, uh, finished his second. To the guy he beat last week, the two Hendrick drivers uh, switched spots in the top top five or top two positions uh, these past two weeks. And so um, he also was able to lead for a little bit. He was able to hang with Larson for, I don't know, maybe 20 laps after the restarts. But Larson had much better long run speed than Elliott. Elliott was able to keep up with him in the short run. But in the long run, Larson pulled away. Uh, not really... Anything else much to say there? I mean, he was just there in the hold top up, five. Hold up, hold
1: up, hold up, hold up, hold up.
0: What?
1: There's one thing to say here. I take a three to nothing lead in guessing the winners correctly. That's and right. And it's just been cruising from now, as you were, you were, you had the first pick last week and you were about to pick Kyle somebody. You see, don't blow another one. He didn't blow this one. He swept all three stages and then, of course, won the race as it's a four stage race. But I take a three-nothing lead, and I'm happy about that. Hopefully, I can win this ten dollars that we bet on who could have the most wins and make up some of the money I owe Ethan, uh, very slowly here. But I'm happy.
0: You be happy. So obviously, Kyle Larson wins all three stages, leads 327 laps. It's already over. He has got on the season 1100 1105 laps led. That's only less than 250 shy of his career high that he set back in 2017. I think he's going to push 2000 laps led easily. He has dominated the mile and a half tracks this year, even when he hasn't won. And, uh, another great win for that, for that team. Um, with a new sponsor, he got a one-off sponsor for this race and he won in it. I'm sure that's, that's gotta be thrilling for that company. Um, Got a lot of bang for their buck there. And so, um, yeah, Connor, thoughts on this race in general?
1: Uh, I thought it was cool. I liked – I usually like it because it's night racing and who doesn't love night racing? Um, But HMS dominates again and HMS is top dog now and I don't know who's going to stop them. If they keep this up, then to be honest, I can see like the final four could be all HMS. Do you imagine that? If they keep this up with what they're doing right now, they, they somehow could they could have a all four the final four be all four HMS cars and uh, that would just be crazy.
0: At this point, I can't see I don't have at least one in the final four with the way they're running. Although oh, yeah. Um I, although no, I don't know. Has there been a time when anyone got more than two? In the final four,
1: yeah, I think Gibbs has done it before.
0: In twenty nineteen, were they able to put? Uh, I think Hamlin, Bush, and Truex in there.
1: Something like that. I I, I can't remember, but um, I, I, if it, if it did happen, it would be with Gibbs. Yeah. Another thing I want to mention here about the race was that um, the other the other uh, like. Um, who was it? It was Chip Ganassi. Yeah, Th- that team both had mechanical issues with some type of thing that they both Kurt Busch ended up blowing up after and Ross Chastain was riding around in a granola bar um, for most of the race, like 72 laps down. <laughs> so uh, Here's the I crazy say, the thing. Hold on.
0: I'm looking at this now. He was only 10 laps from catching and passing David Stark.
1: In and David Starr got black flag for not reach, reaching minimum speed. and Is that just going to show you how bad the team is and how that team should not be in the top level of NASCAR if they can't meet minimum speed with no damage? That's a little sad.
0: Yeah, but David Starr, too, is a half-decent driver. I mean, he was running really well at Homestead, wasn't he, Connor?
1: Ethan? we are not going to talk about that incident and we are going to move on from here. Another oh, thing I, to talk about... I don't
0: think you're, I don't think we're going to move on just yet. When we get to Connor reacts, I think that might be brought back up again.
1: Yeah. Ethan might have done something with Connor reacts and I might not be too happy about
0: <laughs> you're the gonna one, love it.
1: one. The one last thing I want to mention about, about this race was that lap traffic played a role in this. Especially towards the end with the mix-up. Oh Connor. I positions. thought that was
0: going to be our Connor Reacts.
1: Oh, it is? I
0: think Never it was. mind.
1: <laughs> how about, we'll get how to about that in that. a little bit. Let's head over to Connor Reacts. Well, I,
0: I just want to say a couple things first. And I'm Connor, I don't think – we're crunched on time here, so I don't think Connor's going to be in the second segment. It'll just be me. Um, he'll be in the third segment, though, with our predictions for uh, Sonoma. But uh, I'm gonna be going over the Indy 500 a little bit, and you know, after watching the Indy 500, I think it made the Coke 600 look bad. Um, and that's the only good way to put it is that well, it made... well it's
1: because you have a like for, it's like a four-time champion, which is like results like a seven-time champion in NASCAR. Like a guy is tied tied a big milestone. Um, like yeah, Jimmy but... Johnson did it back then. But
0: and I'll get into this more, but the Indy 500 was a great race without stages, without a competition caution, without nothing. And, and yet it was an amazing race. And then uh, this race happens. And yes, Larson did have a, a completely dominant card and put a whooping on the field. But, you know, I, I still think it's necessary to look at because the stages – how many times has uh, Larry McReynolds said in the pre-race strategy, the strategy is to split the stage in half, right? Like,
1: I like stage racing. I think stage racing is fun. It gets it packed together after a while, and you see that restart. And I, I love I love those restarts.
0: You, I guess we have differing opinions on this. But, you know, I think the only thing that saved this was the fact that the team and manufacturer that I like dominated. That's the only thing that saved this race for me. So I'd give this a decent rating, I guess, uh, especially because Larson was able to close one out. Elliot, Byron, Bowman, Dylan all ran well. But, you know, it honestly wasn't much of an entertaining race. So one of the more entertaining parts of it, though, was watching them dodge the lap traffic, lapped traffic. And so with that, we will move over to Connery X and, um, uh, so we will get that going here in just a second Um on Connery reacts coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast.
1: Michael McDowell. I'm happy that he won. I just didn't think that he would win a race. Yes, he's talented, but I didn't think his team and the car that he has would win a race. And let me just say, Ethan's probably gonna be upset. He was really lucky to have that win. It's great to see Bowman get it back to victory lane and. I'm just so happy. I've watched so many YouTube videos of that final restart, which I thought was excellent. I thought that restart was one of the best restarts I've ever seen Bowman have. So um, there's this uh, guy that I don't even know his name. He's some nobody that shouldn't even be in the sport to begin with. Just decides that he's going he's gonna to ride the middle lane when he needs to be like in the grass out of the way for Gregson to pass so he can go win. But he decides that he's going to go up and block Gregson. He runs into him because he can't even get minimum speed, he's like, goes like 20 miles per hour because he's no name, like, shouldn't be in the sport, and his team sucks, or whatever. It's gonna be one of the worst segments we've ever
0: recorded. All right, so I am really upset that Connor's face is partially hidden because I wish I could have seen his uh facial reactions for that, but um, I don't know
1: if I agree with this. Um, Ethan decided he had needed to make a just a bit uh recording of me raging on tape and needs to put on front of Connor reacts, but uh,
0: it yeah. sounds great. I will apologize. I accidentally started it like 15 seconds in, so that's why it's kind of abrupt. But I'll do better next week. Um, but uh, so Connor, what do you what do you think?
1: It's it's uh. Should be honest or not honest?
0: Uh, be honest. I need more material for that. I don't like but... it.
1: All right, this week's this week <laughs> um this week we're gonna be talking about lap traffic, and which interesting uh, almost, is lap uh, traffic played
0: ruined r- the race on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of it wasn't its fault, their fault. Um, they were just running the high lane or whatever out of the way and that's just, that's just where the racing was happening so I don't know if NASCAR can do something better with it but like it really didn't look like the driver's fault it m- maybe the spotter tells them hey get out of the way get down or something like that find another lane that these guys aren't racing in but there were a lot of picks being set to pass each other and it, it just made a lot of um, switched a lot of positions that really shouldn't have been switched it was stalling cars out and um, and I don't know what the drivers of those back uh, back markers can do or lap traffic drivers, but there there has to be something that needs to be changed here because it can't be affecting a race. It, like I'm fine with it affecting a race affecting the race a little bit and maybe at one one or two positions get like one or two picks happen to pass each other. but you pretty much saw this almost every lap it, felt like someone was saying a pick, lap traffic was in the way. So I don't know if it was just like a, a one-off race here where you had all this lap traffic, you know, like they're just in the wrong place, wrong time, but it needs to be fixed and it's not the driver's fault. Maybe the spotters could do better. Maybe NASCAR could also tell them, Hey, move to this lane or whatever, but um, it needs to be fixed.
0: I, I agree with you. Although I will say that um, that was the one thing that kind of redeemed it for me was watching them dodge the traffic in battle because of it. However, I, I completely agree with you that there's not much those drivers can do because one, the PJ one made that track um very strictly one lane. I really think NASCAR should not have put the PJ one down. Um because it, it just made it there was one lane. And especially with a bad car that the back markers have, it's like that that's gotta be those cars that they have to drive must be such a handful that there's really only one lane that's even somewhat bearable, you know? Like, I'm sure they the handling on those things is not enough such that they can hold it wide open like the rest of the cars do, and so that makes them much slower. Um, and thus, I really, you know, I think this comes down to the teams, kind of honestly.
1: Yeah, and as interesting. There needs to be somebody to fix something, whether it be NASCAR or the teams or – NASCAR not allowing them, needing, like, more speed or something, but something needs to change, and it's not the driver's fault, but something does need to change.
0: When the 66 car has a pole speed of almost 20 miles per hour slow, or not pole speed, qualifying speed, almost 20 miles per hour slower than the pole speed, you know that's a problem because, like, that, that should not be happening. They need to raise minimum speed, I think.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and I agree with you on that. Like that that's probably a good option. But yeah, some of the cars like like I love Timmy Hill, but Timmy Hill, that race car was not going real fast. Except it wasn't
0: Timmy Hill, Connor.
1: It wasn't? Who was racing it?
0: It was your old friend, Mr. David Starr.
1: That was him?
0: Yes. I thought it
1: was another car. No. All right, but listen to this. Rick Ware Racing was faster than that '66 car,
0: which doesn't often happen. Typically, the '66 is better than Rick Ware. Yeah, and Ever it since almost lately. felt
1: like it almost felt like the '66 team was saving money or something. But like, yeah, they really needed to. I I agree with you on the fact that they should raise minimum speed or not let them in the race if they're twenty seconds behind the leader um, in qualifying speed, which. Not twenty
0: seconds, twenty miles per hour.
1: But yeah, still, that's, that's, that's right, a man. lot. Twenty uh, miles per hour slower than other cars, which is a lot. Um, there's, I th- I think that's a good, good way to fix this problem a little bit. Like raise minimum speed. It's not to be by a lot, but just enough that it's not causing a race to almost everybody's passing each other with using a pick on lap traffic.
0: Actually, while, while we're on it, um, I, I think – I want to find the minimum speed. So, Connor, keep talking. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, these teams, there, there needs to, A, be more of an incentive to run competitively, and, B, there needs to be a better way to um, – It needs to be a better way that than they've got, really, to to encourage teams to work on speed and competitiveness. And, of course, Rick Ware Racing is exploiting this to a, an extreme, the current system. But, you know, they, they just can't be in the way like that. And, and, Connor, do you have any ideas for how to fix it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's tough and I, I feel like the only way to who fixes raise minimum speed, whether that be by a couple miles per hour, or maybe in qualifying comes back next year, probably that they don't let people that are 10, 20 miles per hour slower. And maybe it's only 10 or something like that at most. Um, and I feel like Rick Ware, that should be like the edge because Rick Ware I feel like has enough speed not to stall out someone if they're don't get stuck in this bad place. And, but like, that needs to be the minimum. No one less like, um, like like the 66 but like i feel like the best way to do it is raise minimum speed in the or when qualifying happens next year most likely um you don't have people you don't have people maybe it's maybe it's um you can't be too far behind the leader's time um or you don't make like the race or something, something along those lines because you you can't be running that slow because that that could cause an accident with that being that slow. And we saw that, um, we saw it on the truck series, even though it was like a wrecked race car, um, you got ran in from behind and and had a horrible accident. And that's showing just like, if like if you don't see a, a pit coming and all of a sudden the driver in front of you moves down because there's a slower car ahead and you're trying to race the car and you run into the back of the back marker. So it could cause an accident. And I, I feel like it's very important to not have, as many slow cars as there is now, I do feel like flat cars also make it, the race interesting, but just not as many as there were during the Coke 600 this week.
0: Yeah, I, I'm trying to to find the uh, the the times for for practice, um, but basically. Uh, According to this uh, article I've pulled up, uh, minimum speed is 115% of the fastest lap um, in final practice. So if you look at that for this weekend, um, I'm trying to find the numbers, but um, Dylan had the fastest lap at 29 uh, seconds point. 845, 29.845 845, 29.845 seconds, which would turn into, I believe, um, I'm doing math here, uh, 34.3 seconds, which that's really, really slow. That would, be, um, that would be the minimum speed, minimum lap time that they'd have to run. And as slow as Star was running, um, or as Rick Ware, I guess Star did get black flag for violating minimum speed, but um, as slow as he was running, uh, as the Rick Ware cars are running compared to the rest of the field, that's probably still a good 10 miles per hour faster than, and two, like two seconds or so faster than minimum speed. So uh, minimum speed isn't doing anything except like weed out the the really 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 awful cars and so it doesn't happen that often and i really think that the best solution here to prevent this from happening is try and get rid of something like the pj1 that creates a very strict groove one lane racetrack and then also raise minimum speed to really weed out cars that will get in the way even if they're technically above minimum speed what we have now So, Connor, you got anything else to say? No, he doesn't. All right. So, with that being said, we will move on to the second segment of this week's show where I will recap the Indy 500 and some other racing news and NASCAR news that's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, all alone in this segment because we ran out of time to to record the uh, second segment here today, but Connor will be in the third segment of this week's episode. So we got a bit of racing news to get into. Uh, We'll we'll start with kind of the the sad news first, and and that's that there was a death in motor racing in the past week. Uh, GP or Moto3 rider Jason Dupasquire I hope, I really hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. 19 year old um, was died in a crash in qualifying at uh, Mugello, which is a, a uh, Italian race course. And, and it's, it's kind of well known that uh, motorcycle racing, MotoGP, is one of the more dangerous forms of motorsport just due to the lack of protection that the drivers have. And it's a real shame and thoughts and prayers go out to his family that, um, you know, it's such a it's the first time that there's been a death in a while in in, uh, high profile motorsports. And it's really a shame. It's bringing a lot of attention to some safety concerns that the racing has. So just thought that it'd be good to mention that in this week's episode. So thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And then the other big news of this week is that the Indy 500 ran, um, obviously on Sunday, same day as the Coke 600, which we recapped earlier. Um, and and honestly, I watched pretty much the whole thing. I mean, I don't typically watch IndyCar, but, um, I, I watched a lot of that race and it was a really good race and, you know, it's probably helped me, uh, get back into the uh into IndyCar a little bit or get into it I I guess I never really was into it before but you know I found it a great race um lots of fuel strategy favorite impulsor uh Scott Dixon lost out on a um Chance of a win by a very unfortunate, fluky series of events early with a crash on pit road during the first round of green flag pit stops, where he um, <coughs> he basically had to he ran out of fuel because of the caution because pit road was closed and it stalled on him as they were fueling it up. He lost the lap. So did uh, driver um, Alexander Rossi in the Napa car. Um, both him and Dixon lost a lap there, and they were fighting to get back for the rest of the race. Dixon had a chance at the end with an alternate strategy, but ultimately, it did not fall through. Um, and so, you know, that was Connor's pick to win. We picked last week on the show, as you, as you no doubt heard, if you listened. Um, but uh, my pick, Tony Canon finished 10th. Uh, former NASCAR driver Juan Pablo Montoya finished 9th. Ryan Svike, who has won a race this year at the Indianapolis Road Course, finished eighth. Sage Karam in the 24 car, finished seventh. Santino Ferrucci, who's been uh, running uh, some Xfinity Series races for Sam Hunt Racing this year, he finished sixth. sixth um, Ed Carpenter finished fifth. Pedro Award, who got his first win at Texas this year finished fourth. Simon Pagino, uh for for Roger Panski um, finished, uh, and the, the one-time champion uh, finished third. Finishing second was uh, Young Gun for Chip Ganassi Racing, Alex Pelot. And the winner of the race was Helio Castroneves. His fourth win of the Indy 500 ties him for best all-time with uh, AJ Foy, Al Hunter, and Rick Mears. That's a very, very good company to be in. Um, It was a crowd favorite win. And and I think that was part of how much I enjoyed watching that race. And that's that, you know, Connor Daly, who's the local kid, who they only mentioned about 2,000 times as being the local driver during the broadcast, um, led 40 laps, and the crowd absolutely loved it. It was a lot of fun watching them cheer every time he got into the lead. It was the largest post-pandemic crowd that has happened in the U.S. I think in the world, uh, or at least for a sporting event. Um, and, uh, and then Helio Castro another fan favorite wins the race, um, much to the delight of the fans. You could hear them cheering from the TV over the sound of the, the, uh, um, of the engines. And, and you know, I've always maintained that if you can hear the crowd at, on T- when you're watching a race on TV, you know something good is happening, and so I, I think um, you know I think that's very telling as how much how much the fans loved that finish there. So uh, it's his fourth all time. He's running part time this year. It's his 25th career win, which I I know that their win list for for IndyCar isn't as long as as um, as the numbers aren't as high as is with NASCAR. And so, you know, I think it's his, it's his fourth Indy 500 win, as I've mentioned multiple times. Um, his first since 2009, however, he also won it in 2001 and 2002 back-to-back. So it's been over a decade since he won the Indy 500, but he finally got the fourth. And, and it, it's it's a I honestly thought it was a great race, much better than the Coke 600 in my opinion. It had fuel strategy. It had drama. Only two cautions. One in which uh, Graham Rahal's car or wheel just came completely off. It wasn't secured enough. And you know, I thought I I just thought it was a fantastic race. I know Connor thought it was pretty good too. He also uh, remains a bit more partial to NASCAR with that. But all in all, I definitely want to see more of that i think that definitely cemented the indy 500 on my bucket list for sports events that i want to go visit but uh i think it also showed that you don't need gimmicks to to have a good race you don't need restarts to have a good race because there's back and forth lead changes um obviously the cars are going 230 miles an hour which definitely adds to the excitement uh of the race and you know the fans loved it and i think nascar is looking for something that the fans love and it sounds like not many people like the stages and honestly um i really would advocate for at least getting rid of the stage cautions you don't have to get rid of stage points but instead of throwing a caution at laps one two and three hundred one hundred two hundred and three hundred for example at this past weekend's coke 600 instead of throwing the caution there that's just when you award the points to the top 10 but you don't kill the caution for that and that way you keep the strategy you keep the uh flow of the race going and it doesn't you don't need to have the uh the caution that stops everything so with that being said i know it's a bit of a quick segment but there's some of the news this week and and a recap for for the other racing news or whatever we're going to call this segment within a segment although there's not really any NASCAR news to recap this week so it's just other racing news uh so and and finally before I go here and move on to the third segment um Connor will mention it again in the third segment but I am going on a cross-country trip um leaving this upcoming Sunday and not getting back until the Wednesday before the Pocono race um So Connor will be recording the next three, which means that since I'm the one doing the editing, uh, editing, no offense, Connor will not be as good as he's learning how to do it. And so not just not as used to it. And um, yeah, so they'll probably be shorter, uh, probably just a recap and a preview and probably just one segment. So, but uh, hope you guys enjoy them. I might set old interviews like our Gary Owen interview and our bailey curry and rafael i started interviews to upload uh while i'm gone those three weeks as well just to have more content out there to supplement the weekly race recaps i will still be submitting my picks for connor so i won't lose any ground in the um in the in the picking challenge this year so with that being said let's move on to the third segment of this week's show that's uh, our prediction predictions and previews for this weekend's racing at the road course at sonoma raceway that's coming up next on the quick pit podcast
1: welcome back to the quick pit podcast you made it to the third And final segment on this week's show. I hope you attended a good news segment, as I clearly wasn't there. But I'm here for the third segment, and we're gonna have we have a race to preview. We have a race this upcoming weekend at Sonoma, another road course. uh, Two road courses in the past three weeks, and um, road courses even out the competition, so it should be fun. We're going out to California, and hopefully, there's no rain because I did not like the rain at Coda, and I feel like road racing is better when it's not raining and i think ethan can agree with that um as there won't be as many crashes due to visibility but we're going to preview sonoma we'll give our fortunately
0: for you connor um zero chance of precipitation on sunday
1: yes as actually no
0: correction correction eight (laughs) percent
1: still wow Wow, 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 wow. So
0: obviously a downpour is is, uh, en route. Um, So yeah, Sonoma Raceway has been uh, a staple on the Cup Series schedule for many, many years um, in wine country of California. Um, And it's typically very hot and dry when the Cup Series goes out there. Another thing, um, it's not always the last couple of years have been dominated by Martin Truex Jr. Three career wins, including the last two, races here he's won but um i think the the interesting thing here is that uh typically it's not necessarily your your um stereotypical winners i mean tony stewart's last win was here carl edwards won here in a faltering roush car casey kane won there and and richard Petty petty motorsports equipment i mean it's there's some weird winners on here
1: yeah and that's the thing. Road course, is he would not competition. And for fantasy, I'll look at. Of course, Chase Elliott put him in there as he has a good chance of winning. Um, I believe AJ Allmendinger is racing for Kali. He, he
0: is um, not.
1: good. He's not.
0: No, because remember Sonoma is a standalone event. Um,
1: uh, true, true, true.
0: So with him racing, so Xfinity is racing at uh, Mid Ohio actually,
1: yeah, uh, which is another yeah. road
0: course. So.
1: Um, Forget AJ almadigger but um But I would put I would put a guy In like Chase Briscoe I feel like He did well at Coda He does really well In road courses I would put him in there You probably not Used him a lot this year um, Put him in there I guess you could put Michael McDowell in But I guess he's Going to get a top 10 Because um, He seems to get top 10 At road courses Because Hey Connor You want to make a bet? Nope But <laughs> since I'm not making a bet Now he's going to Finish like 38th And he's going to rack Just because I didn't bet and I'm going to be mad next week when I'm by myself. But with that oh, being said, man. those are three guys would definitely put in your lineup. But also put in, I don't know, I'd put in all the HMS guys, to be honest with you, because I feel like HMS, all those guys are going to a top 10 no matter what, um, if they don't make a mistake. So those are some guys I would put in your fantasy lineup.
0: Yes, I would also. So there's two drivers um, who don't typically race this weekend, um, both for chartered cars, not uh, separate entries. Cindric for the same reason why uh, Almendinger is not running um is not running this race Austin Cindric. Um but uh Ben Rhodes is going to be driving the 77 car this weekend for for Spyre Motorsports which completely came out of left field. Um but he did win at the Daytona Road Course uh, in the truck series this season so I mean I the best I'd do would put them in my garage and that's only if you really want to save guys. But I mean, who knows what can happen there? I, I honestly don't know. Um, but I mean, I just found that interesting. And also in the 78 for live fast, Scott Hecker, who also ran for them at the Daytona road course this season is in the car, but also like Ben Rhodes, I really wouldn't use them, even though they're kind of sort of road course ringers just because of the quality of the equipment. Um, but yeah, I would also take a look at Tyler Reddick. He sat on the poll uh, last week at, uh, or not last week, two weeks ago at Coda. Um, so I, I would take a look at him possibly. Um, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick both have a win at this track, and uh, those two and Martin Truex Jr. of the and Kurt Busch in 2011 are the only four drivers who have won at this track who are active. So um,
1: Yeah, I, I would look at Gibbs guys, HMS. Um, those are the two teams I would look at. i try to save guys like Denny Hamlin if you would because he's, uh, you guys probably use him a lot. But um, if you want to put Ryan Blaney in there, he sometimes is okay at road courses. But uh, I, I would save, save some of your guys uh, for later in the season.
0: Honestly, after what we saw at Coda, I would also take a look at Ross Chastain and Ryan Priest. They both and, and Priest has a top 10 from the Daytona Road course this year, I believe. Um Connor, can you confirm that? Do you remember? I think it was Priest that got a top 10.
1: Yeah, I believe he got like ninth or eighth.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd take a look at both of those two. Uh Chastain finished top five at Coda. Priest led some laps and was up there for a while. So take a look at those two if you're looking to take a break from all the regulars in fantasy this week so with that being said let's let's go into our picks connor unfortunately gets to pick first this week and so i'm
1: going with the nine car chase elliott um we're not even going to explain why um he's good at road courses and that's all you need to know so i'm going with chase elliott who are you going with ethan
0: I am going with the other obvious answer here, and that's Truex, um, which is actually, this is the third week in a row that I've picked Truex. So um, one of these has to fall fall through. I mean, Elliot has not won here in the past. Uh, his results are not stellar here. I mean, they're still pretty good, but I think, uh, let me try and pull these up quick before we go. Um, no,
1: Ethan's pulling that up. Siri picked this week and, I didn't tell Ethan who she picked because I can't believe this, but she picked Michael McDowell. Ah,
0: that's great. That is I did, great.
1: I didn't want to tell him that until now because I wanted his reaction on 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 live, but um I just think it's funny that she thinks that Michael McDowell's gonna win after I've been betting that he's not gonna get a top 10. So um that's why I'm kind of not going with Michael McDowell too, because series usually are somewhat right about things uh these days
0: yeah so so um elliot in his four starts at sonoma he has one top five two top tens uh he typically qualifies well but obviously qualifying doesn't matter much uh and only three laps led an average finish of 17.5 last time they raced here in 2019 he blew a motor so um uh but i think he won that stage i want to say um I believe, no, he did not win a stage, but, um, you know, Elliot has ran decent here in the past, but definitely not dominant like he is, has been at Daytona Road Course and Watkins Glen and the Roval recently. So uh, just keep that in mind. I wasn't going to say anything about that until after Connor picked because um, I think Sonoma might be Elliot's worst road course. But with that being said, Connor, do you just- want to close it out?
1: Yes, but before we go, Chase Elliott cannot be bad at road courses. Just saying that. But um, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I will see you next week. Ethan will not, as Ethan is going to see this country. Um, yes. So I hope he has fun. But he will He'll have his picks, of course. But thank you for listening. Drop a follow on Twitter. Uh, join our Discord. And we'll see you guys next week. We'll all see you guys next week on the Quipit podcast.
0: Yes. See ya.